slightly smaller Fuzz Club episode today. We're talking about the band Melt and their new album, Replica of Man. This one just came out, I think, in July. Uh, it's a self-released, and they're from Pittsburgh, their second album. So let's get into it. Um, Melt, have you ever heard of these guys before? I haven't, and I doubly, I was excited for this because they're from Pittsburgh. Uh, ironically, I'm recording from Lancaster today, but uh, I was excited because they're from Pittsburgh. Unfortunately, I'm like embarrass, embarrassingly uninformed with the local scene out in Pittsburgh. Like I just listened to so much stuff from like abroad and outside of town. Sure. That I was like, I hadn't, I hadn't heard them before. I hadn't seen them before. Yeah. You, you might have to go check them out when they're playing around town now. For sure. Um, Especially I, they have like a whole like space get up too. Like I saw some live yeah. photos and they're always in like spacesuits and stuff. Like I, I like, I like their vibe. Yeah. Yeah. And they, uh, we'll kind of get into some of their like sounds and everything and, and, their influences and whatnot here in a little bit. But I mean, it seems like a band that would be fun to see. They have plenty of energy, lots of different things going on, some psychedelic elements and plenty of fuzz, no shortage of fuzziness. And uh, I think it would be a good show. Yeah. I agree. Um, Melt was nice enough to send us a video with a, a nice background on the album and the band and their recording process and some gear and all that kind of stuff. So I'm going to share that right now for everyone watching and for us just to, uh, be able to get a little bit more background information on it. So I'm going to play that now and we'll, uh, we'll jump back on afterwards. We're Melt coming to you live from Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania, where we're here for weekend at the Black Lagoon. I'm Joey Troop, guitarist and lead vocals for Melt. Beside me is... I'm JJ Young. I play drums and sing. I'm James May and I play bass and sing. And this is Blue, he's our manager. Melt formed in 2020 during the pandemic. Uh, me and James are the original members. In summer of 2022, JJ joined the band and uh, we started working on our second album. That came out uh, about a month ago in July of 2023. And we are currently promoting it and playing as many shows as we can to get Replica of Man in front of as many eyes and ears as possible. Our second album, Replica of Man, came out July 7th, 2023. You can listen to it on all streaming platforms. The album was produced by Nate Campisi uh, from Mr. Small Studio. He also produced and engineered our first album. Uh, it was mastered by JJ Golden from Golden Mastering Master. in mm -hmm. California, who he's mastered some of our favorite artists over the years. From around the world yeah the album was recorded up in a remote cabin in the woods not too far past, from here not too yeah, far not from here uh this past winter it was a very intense and remote experience that i think hatched a lot of uh our favorite work because i there was a lot of stuff we brought up there that we brought back and it was like more fully formed and then there was stuff that wasn't super fully formed when we brought up there and then it like kind of uh, blossoms, so it was a it was a special experience, I would say. It really wasn't anything to do up there, but crash and right. use the outhouse and smoke clove <laughs> cigarettes. Yes. Yeah. For for all the gearheads out there, uh, my my kit is very special to me. It's a uh, vintage kit, uh, Slingerland brand, a now defunct brand called Slingerland from the from dated to nineteen seventy one. Uh, if you care, it's a 24 inch kick. It's a big drum. I like big drums. Um, 
I play dream symbols, big, you know, hit the boom booms, make a Discrilla, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, we're a loud band, so I got to compete with them and they got to compete with me, vice versa. And so, you know, we got to we got to keep it 100 out here. Um, I use a fives snare drum live. It's very loud and a very tasteful way. And um, that's that's the gear that I use. Joey, what kind of stuff are you rocking with? Uh, I play primarily a Les Paul, also an SG. I only play green guitars. Uh, there are a few that are in the rotation. Um, I have a series of pedals I use, uh, primarily fuzz and overdrive. And uh, my signal is split between a Fender Twin Reverb and a Sun amp that uh, rocks the world. Uh, it's part of the signature melt sound, and uh, we can't leave home without it. It's our secret weapon, one might say. Yeah, it's sick. James? My, the album recording is, I have a, I can't remember the model, but an acoustic head, 300 watt, and I took my acoustic 4x10 cab, but it busted within 10 minutes of we recording, and we had a friend of Joey's, Bring us a GK, emergency bass no, a heart key cab, and it, it honestly sounded great for the for the album. But I use JJ's P, PV. Um, it's a Centurion. Centurion. That's what the head, head is called. And then what? One fifteen. Yeah, it's really loud. The thing is just gritty. Yeah. It clunks and chunks and has a lot of balls. And your guitar? I play uh, the album's a jazz bass. I play a Fender jazz bass mainly. I've played it for. 15 years or so, but I just bought a Guild Starfire base, which I'm very happy with. It's sick. It is very Come sick. Come see it. Yeah. You won't believe how this man plays the bass. <laughs> it's covered in bacteria. It, it is. is so disgusting. There are there are cultures growing on no, the base. Absolutely. It's its own ecosystem. Scrape yes. it and see where you go. We want to play this album for you. We want to play it everywhere. We want to do this everywhere. All parts of the galaxy. Mars, the moon, Wherever. Nebraska. Nebraska. <laughs> Des Moines, Iowa. Give me a 12 pack. I'll play in the backyard. Yeah, for sure. We'll play, you know, we'll do anything. We'll do a cameo for Mother's Day or for your parents' anniversary. Yeah. That'd be sick. That would be awesome. Yeah, we'll, we'll put, we'll, we'll get on stage. Dairy Queen. Yep. McDonald's, Denny's, you name it. We recorded a music video for Diviner in one day. And actually, less than one day. It wasn't a full day. Yes. Um, Finesse Films. Yes, it's JJ's brother's production company filmed it. We puked oatmeal, and our manager Blue ate it. Yeah, and Herschel was in it, the blind cat, who is the second best boy in the world, second to my boy, Beamer. But I mean, it was a good time. You know, it was a great group of friends. And check it out; it's on YouTube. You can see it. Diviner. Diviner by Melt. You'll like it. We have a music video coming for our song called Skeleton Girl. It'll be out uh, in the, in September sometime. It's uh, a dramatically different video than Diviner, which featured many people. This one just features us plus a special guest. There's a lot of fire, uh, skin tight suits, skeletons, skeletons, bones, bones sweat, sweat, um, instruments, uh, a, a, an un, an air conditioned garage in July, um, fireworks. Uh, it's glamorous. It's glamorous. It really shows all of our best sides and is <laughs> and uh, our worst sides and yes. our worst at the same time. Um, 
what you will let you decide which side is what. Keep an eye out for Skeleton Girl coming to you soon. Coming to a big screen near you someday soon. We also, right now you can get uh, our album Replica of Man everywhere digitally, um, as James said. But we also have a physical release on vinyl coming in December of this year. Um, we have some amazing artwork uh, and we can't wait for you to get your hands on it. It will be available online. We will ship it anywhere you want to receive it and you'll be able to get it at all of our shows as well. In promotion of Replica of Man, we're gonna play as many places as we can, hopefully somewhere near you. We have a bunch of shows in the Pittsburgh area coming up, um, but we wanna and plan to go beyond uh, the 412. Um, so if you wanna see us, please comment on this or tell your local congressman to bring us to your town. The artwork for the album uh, was done by a, a Pittsburgh artist named Emily Waddell. She did the front, the back, all the single artwork, all the animation for it. She pretty much a comprehensive package for us. Um, and it really kind of captures like the style that we were going for, I would say with this release, the packaging, like we ha we've seen it in person. It's really stunning and there's a lot of detail and it's cool to look at. Um, and the photography was done by our friend Chris Sprouse, who captured us in our element in our spacesuits, uh, you know, on, on interplanetary missions and whatnot. And it all kind of forms to co uh, become a very cohesive visual aesthetic that we're very proud of to have accumulated and put together. We've kind of always said that Melt's music is the soundtrack to the apocalypse uh, and Replica of Man is no exception to that. Um, you know, we've played very visceral music. We want you to feel it in your spine and uh, we hope you do sometime soon. Thanks Fuzz Club for having us. We are Melt. You can catch us on Instagram at Melt Yourself, uh, a band called melt.bandcamp.com. Buy our album, buy our merch, look out for vinyl. Come see us at a live show. We love you. You won't be disappointed. Rock on. All right. Thank you to Melt for sending that over. That was a lot of information about the the album, the band, um, the art, everything. That was a good, was a good overview of everything. So, um, where to start? Let's start with the fuzz. What do you think yeah. of that uh, that tone? I I love it. I mean, it, they're so it, like they have like this really like scuzzy sound, and it, it's partly because of that fuzziness, but it's also in due in part to the the vocals. And yeah. there's a few bands like that. Um, and we kind of talked about one before we jumped on here being Rickshaw Billy's Burger Patrol. And it kind of reminds me of that in, in a lot of ways where it's just like this really fuzzy sound, but it's like these like skeezy kind of vocals too, that like that package just, it it just makes it grimy. And then, then he's talking about his bass, like growing stuff. So then I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. You guys kind of have that vibe a little bit in sound at least. <laughs> yeah, that's, it's a very... Uh carefree song sound uh, yeah. like rickshaw billy's as well and like everything like i i love the sound i think overall it's a, it's a great package but everything is a little bit scuzzy like even the vocals are like like a dollar store um ozzy osbourne and i don't mean that in the negative way i just sure, mean like yeah. it's like a sort of like a an imitation of ozzy and it works really really well um, yeah. for, for what it is um and i mean besides rickshaw rickshaw billy though i mean like I could hear a lot of different influences. I was like ticking off like Motorhead, 
Iron Maiden, Heart, obviously Black Sabbath. But I know you had like a huge list of things that well, you spotted too. One of the bands that we, you and I just talked about a few days ago was Turbo Wolf. Yeah. And I was like, that, that reminds me of that a lot. I mean, I don't, I don't know that they even know who Turbo, Turbo Wolf is necessarily, but like it has that reminiscent sound of it, like just being very fuzzy, these kind of like crackly vocals. Yeah. Um, there were moments of like almost, um, I couldn't quite decide if it was like, wolf mother or like the white stripes or something like mm. there was moments where it, it kind of stripped back to like this almost like a classic rock bluesier sound and then yeah. it went right back into like that like punkier stoner rock hard rock thing and there was moments where i was like was that wolf mother and then it, they moved on quick you know <laughs> yeah i i think they do that really well in a lot of different songs i think diviner uh sort of the scepter like when i when i first listened to this album i had it just like playing in the background and i think it's I don't think it it does itself justice as having it play in the background. Like you really want to sit down and just get punched in the face by this record because there you're right that there are so many different like time signature shifts where it's just going to be like, hey, we're going to do punk for 30 seconds and then we're going to do it. We're going to slow it down quite a bit and it's going to be punk again. And it's it's a blast because you never know what's coming next. Yeah. But I think overall it really works as a, an overall package. It kind of sounded like a lot of people struggled with like nailing them down to a certain style because they were number eight on the Doom charts in July, um, which felt like an appropriate spot for them. There was a lot of great albums that have come out recently and stuff. And eight yeah. was, is, is really high. It's, it's a great number to, to be at. But July was a um, tough month, too. Yeah. So the people that were describing it, um, both on Bandcamp and in the Doom charts, kind of started off the same way. Just being like, there's this psychedelic Doom, stoner rock, fuzz, punk. Like, they just start, you know, they just start, like, spitting yeah. out different genres. And, and everything that I read about them kind of started the same way being like it's this doom stoner rock psychedelic punk grunge you know it's yeah. like everyone just must kind of get that vibe from them that they're just kind of like all of it and it didn't feel like forced either they they kind of like and it also didn't feel incohesive like there were it wasn't like a song was punk and there was a song that was doom right. it's like they kind yeah. of just kind of flowed through it a little bit pretty well i thought I, it felt very cohesive it felt like it was them and sincere and it wasn't just like uh, let's do a punk song. You know, it didn't feel right. like that to me, you know? Right. I'm glad you said that. Cause I definitely appreciated that on this album. Cause I hate when you have something that's like moving along pretty well. And then suddenly it's like, okay, that was the song that was obviously punk. Oh, if that was the song that was for like the doom heads. Yeah. They did a really nice job of, of blending that sound uh, for the entire record. For sure. Yeah. Do you remember how we ended up classifying Rickshaw Billy? Well, they they classified it and we agreed it was like bubblegum doom or something like that, wasn't yeah. it? <laughs> yeah. This is a little I feel like this is a bit darker than that. Yeah. Yeah, it is. This is like uh Rickshaw Billy's like emo little brother or something like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um they talked about in that video a little bit about like their gear and stuff, which is way over my head. And and I don't know how much you know about some of that stuff. Some of our normal gearheads are are missing from tonight's podcast. But yeah, they went into such detail, and none yeah. of our gearheads. It are just here. went right over my head. But yeah. whoever's watching, I hope you uh, rewind and, and pay attention. But um, one of the things that I mean, aside from like you know the fuzziness in their you know guitar and bass sound and, and the vocals and stuff, which you talked about was the drums. I, I was impressed by the drums. And like, I don't know anything about drums at all. And I don't play drums. And I don't know anything about tone or how to record drums or anything like that. But I kept going like, damn, I like this guy's drums. Like he sounds good. And and that's about all I can say about that was I was like, nice. 
I agree. I also uh, was really impressed with the drums. I think the entire rhythm section is just frenetic. They're in total lockstep and they're yeah. just like all over the place while they're going at it. And I go out on a limb here and I would say like this, and far as drums are concerned, this might be the most impressive album we've listened to in a while. Oh, nice. Some really, really, really you cool. caught it also, you know, I wasn't sure if it was just me or, or what, but I, I just, it, I just remember thinking many times going like, wow, these drums. Yeah. I think at the end of diviner, like my face melted uh, at the end of one of those songs, right around the middle hive mind was like super cool. Um, yeah. Especially, especially at that intro too. Um, there's just like so much cool stuff going on with, with the bass and the drums. Um, not to like downplay the guitars either. Cause like the guitars are all over the place as well. I mean, this is a really, really, interesting intriguing band yeah but it, it is kind of interesting though that like looking back now and i didn't listen to it today as much as i probably should have in preparation but i've been listening to it for weeks um just kind of on my playlist as i go throughout the day and work out and work and all that kind of stuff but one of the things that i don't really remember thinking about and again this isn't you know a knock or anything like that but was like the guitar like the the tone of it the fuzziness of it like i liked but I don't remember ever being like, oh, that riff there or oh, that solo there or anything like that. Whereas with the with the drums, I, it did constantly just kind of pop in my head going like, wow, that was, that was cool. So and again, that that's nothing against the guitar because I, I love the sound of the guitar and I think it complements all the music really well. But it, 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 I don't remember ever like thinking about it specifically. Right. And I think, um, shoot, is it uh, Joe, JJ? JJ is the drummer. I'm not sure. Um, we've got well, the Joey, James, and JJ. I think JJ was was the drummer. Yeah, Joey, JJ, and James. That is. Who <laughs> <it>. <laughs> um, whoever the drummer was, JJ think, is the drummer. JJ. I think I think he just like takes a lot of risks, and yeah, he's he's not content just kind of staying in that da dunk da dunk da dunk box. He's really willing to get out of there and do just a bunch of kooky stuff, and I think that's just adds so much more flavor. It does, yeah, and if if it's it's funny to think about like any one of those elements if they if the drummer was a little bit more tame you know this would be a, a heavy psych record but because mm -hmm. he's a more of a risk taker it's like a heavy psych mixed with punk record or you know some something yeah. like that you know what i mean like it's it's those little things that bring out like those other genres to me whereas like yeah. if the guitarist wasn't as fuzzy and just crunchy then it would be you know, uh, a different record. It would be a doom record or, or something, you know, like, and the vocals, if they didn't sound like that, if they didn't sound like a little bit like Rickshaw Billy's, this would be a very different record also. And maybe that's, maybe that's obvious. Maybe I'm not making a, a, a great point, but like, I, it just feels like all these elements are working like perfectly to make whatever this is with all this stuff yeah. coming in. And if one thing was like different, it would it'd just be a wildly different album. I mean, you know what I mean? I don't know. Yeah, it's it's a little jazzy in that way. Like it takes a bunch yeah. of risks and they all paid off. And uh, it's just fun to listen to. Yeah. It remind, reminds me a little bit, and this might just be the overt celestial themes, but it reminded me a little bit of Ghost Frog. Like listen to Ghost Frog. They had an album oh, I, I, I was really smitten with like a couple years ago. And they were just like a really funny, goofy like space and alien themed band and they did like a really good yeah. job um their music videos are really funny too uh they're all like very like homemade think of like a more budget version of like the red fang videos 
Uh-huh. And it was just like really goofy stuff with like Bigfoot and stuff like that. So they're really into like the supernatural, but very, very space themed. They weren't nearly as heavy, but I think just like the attitude of the delivery really reminded me of Ghost Rock. And Ghost obviously Rock, like yeah. all of the space themes and, and stylings and stuff really, really fit into that that box as well. Yeah. Hmm. I'll have to check that out. That sounds uh, like a good time. Yeah. Um what were some of your favorites? Uh, again, I, I kind of listened to it less today than I should have, but I, I've been listening to it for so long. A lot of stuff stood, stood out to me. And that opener, it, I thought Replica of Man was a great opener. It had kind of like the samples of like that. Um, uh, I forget what now what they were talking about, even in the sample, whether it was like an old sci-fi movie or, or yeah. something about like uh, machines or something. Right. And then they go into the song and there, there's like the they're really good at like not being overly hooky like it's not like these like big broad courses that like stick in your head necessarily but they're they're great they're they're really good solid hooks where i remember each song differently and like the chorus and that kind of stuff but it's not like this really it's not poppy you know it's not like there there's like this element of like wow this is so catchy you know it was like there's just a uh, they're just really good hooks and stuff. So that opener I thought was a great opener. It, it kind of sets the tone for the record and it sets the tone for the band kind of being like this mixture. It has a sample. They're talking about the replica of man. There's a lot of fuzziness to it. I thought it was great. And then they go into the next two, which is sight to see and, and problem child, which I also liked. And there's a lot of different elements going on there. Problem child had like some cleaner vocals and stuff on that one. And I don't yeah. Know. I, I agree. Um, nothing was like overdone on, on this mm-hmm. record. And I kind of wish the hooks were a little bit more overdone. Um, there, there were like, I, I was listening to it in the car today. I had to run some errands and I was, I was singing along to, I think, I think it was the diviner that I was on. And I, we got to the chorus and I was like singing along and I was like, man, this really could have used a second vocal track, like just like a harmony or something in there. Yeah. And so the next time we got to the chorus, I sang the harmony. And I was like, damn, that sounds, that sounds a lot better. And it's, <laughs> uh, I think it, I just don't know if it would be them to, to put the extra vocal track in there and to like really play into like, Oh, we're going to have a really big hook right here. I was going to say, I, what's I, funny about that is all three of them are listed as vocalists in the band. You think that they could, uh, uh, <laughs> they could, find, they could find that umph a little bit, but yeah. And I, I don't know, like, <laughs> you know, I, I think that part of the difference between this band and Rickshaw Billy was, I felt like Rickshaw Billy was in your face for the entire song. Whereas this is so much more dynamic and you're, mm-hmm. you're getting a lot more range of sound and, again that goes back to being stripped away a little bit it's a little jazzier they're not going to be up in your face the whole time it's a little bit more dynamic and so like you give and take a little bit you're not going to have as much on on the vocal tracks um which isn't a problem but i I don't know maybe they could have gotten six or seven on the doom charts if if they had them in there and a little bit bit hookier i don't know that's just me because i i come from a more of um a radio background i yeah i mean i'm right there with you man i i would agree with that it was an awfully doomy month, though, for the Doom charts. I'm just looking. I had it up on my computer here. Thunder Horse, um, Mutoid Man, which is kind of its own different thing. And then it was Aura Lair, Sorcia, Wizard Master, Occult Witches, and Cavern Deep. I mean, those those really put the Doom in Doom charts for uh, for that month, for July. So. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, speaking of uh, hooks, I mean, Aura Lair was, was filled with hooks. 
I didn't catch the Mutoid Man album, but um, the Thunder Horse album was really solid too. The Mutoid Man album is fucking fantastic, by the way. I, I think that the Fuzz Club could definitely dive into some Mutoid Man on an episode. It's one of those things that it's it's more metal than anything that we talk about here. And I'm actually kind of surprised that it even was on the Doom charts at all because it's kind of big. It's kind of a bigger project mm. than the Doom charts typically are. I mean, there's, um, you know, Jeff Matz was was on there. He played bass on that album. Um, but it's just like it's it's a lot of fun. It's like, I mean, it, it has some weirdness. It's like a really metal rickshaw billies almost in a way where there's just like there's it's really fun but in a very metal kind of way and his guitar playing and, and vocal delivery and there's some screaming and stuff it's a very metal version of kind of like that vibe that they put forth it's uh i love it it's an interesting one it, we mm. can definitely dive into that and i've i followed them for a while i mean they've had a couple albums before this one that i thought were fucking awesome so cool i, I haven't listened to it yet so i'll have to get around to it did you listen to their other albums at all Oh, you should. No, this would be a new listen for me if I if I checked them out. Yeah, if you like it, go check out their other stuff. Um, I love it. They're cool. Um, go ahead. Who who were some of the other influences or bands that you heard? I know you mentioned. Uh, well, obviously mentioned uh, Rickshaw Billy. You also mentioned uh, Wolf Mother and the White Stripes. Who who else did you kind of hear sound alike? Yeah, um, those are the kind of the ones that I wrote down. I I wrote. I was trying to think of like a more like psychedelic, like heavy psych band that I could reference them to a little bit. And I kind of came up blank there, but I wrote down like, maybe they were just on, on my mind today. Cadabra was on my mind a little bit. Um, they have one album and they're about to release another one in October. Um, small band out of uh, Seattle, Washington, uh, somewhere in there. Um, they kind of just have like this real nice, like psychedelic thing. And I don't think that Melt necessarily has that. They're like a lot more like, aggressive version of yeah. that but like there was these moments where it was like this heavy psych thing but like a, a louder version of of that and i don't know that i came up with a great reference for the, like their psychedelic side but there is definitely a element of heavy psych in there somewhere yeah i so i, I struggled with with that categorization a little bit because i was like are they psychedelic or are they cosmic and then i was like oh shit they might just be acid yeah and then I was like, where do we draw the line between <laughs> these yeah. three subgenres? Yeah. And I, I don't know what the fucking answer to that is. Because I, yeah. um, I, f- I feel like you have psychedelic and then cosmic and like acid are underneath it. I don't I don't think they all line up together. I think I feel like cosmic and acid are children of psychedelic. But I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I'm almost probably yelling at your computer right now. That's <laughs> the phone. I mean, like, there's a certain thing that comes to mind when I think of, like, heavy psych. Like, what is heavy psych? And it it, it almost, like, comes to, like, a band like Mel, where it's just, like, this really strange. It's just, it feels strange, but it's, like, it's heavy. And when I say, when I hear, hear psychedelic, without the heavy psych, like, it's a completely different thing. It's just, like, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I don't know. Yeah. But, yeah. I, f- I think, like, when I, when I think... When I think psychedelic, I think Pink Floyd as a starting point. Sure. It's it's very like beautiful and orchestrated. And there's a lot of literally a lot of space in the sound. Yeah. And when I bring it down to cosmic, I, I feel like um truck fighters is a start, but I think mm-hmm. it's a little bit more elevated than that. Uh, because truck fighters is very fuzzy. So it might be more like um Swan Valley Heights, I think of okay. like as cosmic. 
and then like acid is like early pink floyd and generally stuff that i don't really care for it's just like a wash of sound and i i felt like sometimes we got into that wash um which i what i dug on this record a lot of this is just like right in your face yeah yeah it is yeah boy i don't know i don't know that i'm prepared to have that conversation about repairing (laughs) those different genres but um but they they definitely they definitely have elements of a lot of it so um i don't know their artwork they mentioned briefly um done by emily waddell um i want to bring that up just for a second and we don't have to dig into it too too much because they did talk about it a little but it's so cool and it it really does you know represent the music really well i feel like um it's odd it's it's definitely psychedelic you kind of know exactly what it is when you're going into this you know it's not going to be a doom record straightforward mm-hmm. it's not going to be even a stoner record straightforward it's like there, this is a lot of different things going on at once and it's a good album cover it, you know it it does all that to, for me yeah I, I this is one of those album covers the longer you look the cooler it gets mm-hmm. like this is the first time i noticed the circuit board uh, in the background. I also mm-hmm. didn't realize the tile layer was like super trippy either. I also didn't notice the eye uh, before. The eye is really cool. Uh, above melt. Yep. Um, I do want to give a shout out to, to Pittsburgh because there are a lot of like homages in that video to like uh, Southwestern PA. So they were in like Punxsutawney, which is like obviously like Groundhog Day. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, which is like a very rural sort of uh, rustic area. And then um, this was recorded at Mr. Small's studio. Mr. Small's is an old church in Millvale, which is like this town just north of the city. And it is an old converted church. And like, that's the place to play when you're not quite ready to like jump up into like um, more like theater seating. So if you have like less than like 500 people, you go to Mr. Small's. So like that's where the cool bands play is at Mr. Smalls. Um, nice. So that's like like a great venue to go to locally. Uh, they had a couple other. I know this was a Pittsburgh artist. Yeah, yeah, that's what they said. Yeah, so Pittsburgh was nicely represented. Uh, Definitely. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Did you have any other uh, thoughts on on this one? Anything that like stood out to you? Like, do you have a, a favorite? Like, I know you mentioned Replica of Man. Yeah, I mean, th- those were, were some of my favorites for sure, was Replica of Man and Sight to See. Um, I feel like it just started off really strong. And I don't think that it, you know, I don't think it got weak by any means or anything like that. But, I mean, they close out with Hive Mind, which was, was definitely a stronger one. It's a nine minutes, a great closer for them. Um, I don't remember some of those ones towards the middle. Shame, Swamp Water as well, you know, but Diviner um, was great. They said they were making a video, I think, for Skeleton Girl, maybe. Um, yeah, I did like four through six, and I I thought yeah, I thought each, each third was pretty cool. Yeah. I I'm always like a little hesitant when I open up an album and only the first three have plays like plays listed on on Spotify. Like, sure, yeah. Sometimes that's a red flag, and I'm like ah, those are the three songs that they put effort into. But no, Definitely. this is like I yeah. I felt like this was a, a strong, consistent album. Yeah. As a side note, I I do wish Spotify was a little bit more transparent in plays underneath a thousand. I wish I I pay for it. Like, give me the data, you know? Yeah. (laughs) I'm a power user. (laughs) I feel like um, a lot of bands would not want to put those numbers out there. But yeah, as a, as a premium user, I feel like, yeah. I mean, like SoundCloud's going to give it to me. Why can't you? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I will say that like with SoundCloud, when we get like those promos for the doom charts and stuff, like you click on one and 
you see like track one has 50 and then track two is 40 and then 30 and then 20 and then zero. And then you're like, all right, well, this album's not great all the way through. <laughs> all that, you know? But, you know, that's the way it is. I mean, I, I'll, I'll say I can't always go through all tracks of every single band that we get sent. You know, it's a lot to go through. And Sorry, you know, especially if you have 12 minute songs, I'm probably not going to listen to the entire thing. I can get a pretty good idea between the first couple tracks. And the other thing that I do, and I don't know if anyone else does this, and even the bands that think about their track listing, I mean, I often go to track two first because mm-hmm. track one is not necessarily the best idea of what the whole album is about always. Sometimes it's a, a, a faster song to like grab your attention. Sometimes it's just an intro. Maybe there's mm-hmm. no words at all. Maybe there's, it's just an instrumental intro or something. So I always go to track two to start. And then they usually put Pretty the bastard. then they put the single at like three or four sometimes. Yeah. So then I, I listen through like two through four. And then, you know, if I like those, I'll listen to more. But for me, if anyone's curious how people listen to music, and I don't know, for me, it's like two through four is usually where I start and go from there. <laughs> for, for a long time, when I was a kid, my favorite records, uh, all of my favorite songs were track three. Yeah. And just like a nice place to sneak in the best song. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I always think of Metallica and how their albums are set up. And it's so obvious how they set their albums, or at least their older stuff. It's like the 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 fast intro, like song. The first one is like a, a barn burner, just crazy. Track two is like maybe a little bit heavier. Track three might be the single. Track four might be like maybe a more of a ballad or something like that. And then it's like five, six, seven. I don't know. And then <laughs> then they close out with like the epic, you know, the longer song, the more epic, or maybe it's a it's really fast again or something like that. And if you look at like their lightning master puppets, justice, if you look at the, all the they're all identical, identical to that formula. And like, I've noticed it in a lot of other bands and stuff too. Yeah. It's funny. Cause that's probably the way I would set up a record. Yeah. Just instinctively. Yeah. It makes sense. <laughs> just give, give them a little break around, around three or four. Get heavy again, little break around seven or eight, and then close out strong. Right. <laughs> All righty. Um, what else about this album? Anything? I, I definitely think it's worth a listen. Um, I hadn't heard of these guys before. And um, most of the bands that come up, I've, I've been on my radar on some level. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, oh, it's something completely new. This was cool. I had, I had a lot of fun. Yeah. I, I agree. I think it was a, a great, um, great album, great intro to this this band and um, something a little bit different for us on the Fuzz Club a little bit. I mean, we, we referenced Rickshaw Billy's once, but, um, you know, it ties into the, like that heavier psych element of fuzzy stoner rock doom. It kind of does a lot of that stuff. And they seem like a small band with self-released. So, um, you know, happy to see what this does for them and number eight's a great start and see what they're doing next. Anything you think they can improve on for album number three? Let's get some extra vocal tracks in there. Give me, give me a, give me a real meaty hook. Sure. Then I'll be completely content. What about you? I I mean, sure. I would agree with that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Besides that, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I don't think I have too much to say about what they could improve on. I think they're they're doing their thing. It's cool. Did, did you want any like uh, 
bigger guitar solos or anything that was really going to stand out to you? Well, like I said, I, I, I look back now on weeks of listening to it and realized that I had never thought about the guitars, which is unusual. I mean, I love the tone of the guitars, but I never really thought about it. So maybe maybe they do need a couple crazy guitar solos or something in there because I just don't remember really thinking about it too much. Yeah, I... I don't want to compare them to our layer because I don't think they're quite the same band, but both bands are sort of like controlled chaos. And I thought our layer had such a good template for just being like off the wall bananas mm -hmm. and still like bringing it home with like a really cool, cool guitar solo. And like there were some solos thrown in here that I thought were cool, but um, I think some a little bit more exploration might make them a little bit more interesting and also might make yeah. them give them a wider appeal too. But they, oh, sorry, go ahead. Well, they, they definitely have that part of them that explores. And yeah. I think if they push that further, maybe do like a more acoustic -y ballad type of song or even do like a just an epic, you know, 12 minute closer that's just like all over the place, just like a real epic song. Try something like that. I mean, they they do so many things so well if they like stretched it out a little bit. And instead of like these like shorter, compacted you know, punkier songs with all this stuff going on to spread it out and just kind of explore. Um, I know there's definitely a lot of people, at least in this scene, that would be into that for sure. That would be something yeah. to go, go for. And I, I also think like we might be doing them an injustice because like this, they said it and it does seem like they're probably just like a killer live band. Yeah. And that might be the best way to experience melt yeah. is to get melted in front of the stage get melted yeah they're probably melting in those spacesuits if they wear those things at the show i don't know if they yeah. do, but... you really have to hydrate if you're going to be dressed up in those yeah <laughs> all right well i think we've uh we've said it all go check out melt replica of man pat you want to want to plug anything before your child wakes up completely you want to plug anything yeah before? yeah um yeah monster riff is is back obviously if, if you haven't been keeping up monster is back uh ryan is is still writing we're, we're swapping satire articles and stuff and um nothing crazy going on at the moment mostly focusing on reviews right now and uh i'm excited for for stuff that's upcoming um ox and iwas have that that single coming out or the the ep coming out soon and um lots of cool stuff happening in the space yeah right on cool all right thanks pat and uh check out melt later See you, man.